0: Welcome! You're listening to Back Talk Doc, where you'll find answers to some of the most common questions about back pain and spine health. Brought to you by Carolina Neurosurgery and Spine Associates, where providing personalized, highly skilled, and compassionate spine care has been our specialty for over 75 years. And now, it's time to understand the cause of back pain. And learn about options to get you back on track. Here's your Back Talk Doc, Dr. Sanjeev Lakya.
1: Thank you for downloading this episode of Back Talk Doc. As many are aware, during these times, technology has been a bit of a challenge, and we recorded this episode remotely. I'd like to let you know that there are several instances during the episode where the audio is not as crisp and clear as we typically like. However, I think the information is good and I'd like to get this out to you as quick as I can. So we're going to go ahead and release this. I hope you find it informative and thank you for your understanding if it is not of the audio quality that you're typically used to when listening to our episodes. Enjoy the episode. One of the benefits of living and working in the Carolinas is the beautiful, almost all year round warm weather. And a lot of our listeners and patients at Carolina Surgery and Spine Associates take advantage of that through outdoor activities, for which a top activity is golf. Golf is big time in this area. I see a lot of patients on a week-to-week basis whose primary goal is for us to keep them upright and pain-free so they can enjoy their life, enjoy time outside playing golf with friends and family. And to address that, we have developed at our group a a really unique golf-specific spine rehabilitation. I'm going to be interviewing spine protocols and keeping people healthy, active, and upright so they can swing the club and just really enjoy all the opportunities we have in Charlotte and the surrounding areas. So, Graham, welcome to the show today.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Graham, for those who, who don't know you real well, I know uh, basically you're, you're kind of the guy in the area for this issue, but for those listeners who don't live in the Carolinas, can you give them a brief uh, introduction to a little bit about your academic background, your clinical background, and just your overall path to physical therapy?
2: Yeah, so I can't sit here and say that you know I wanted to be a physical therapist when I was 10 years old. I'm the son of a lawyer, and I knew that I didn't want to be a lawyer. I'll put it that way. By doing summers at a a law firm, I knew this was not where I was going to go. So I was always a guy who didn't need to be behind a desk. I needed to be on the move. I liked medicine. I liked patient care. I liked people. And I just started kind of narrowing stuff down. I don't have the old-fashioned story of where I was hurt in a baseball, basketball game in high school, went to rehab and said, oh, this is a career for me. I didn't have that. What I liked about the therapy field, again, was the, the fact that I was able to spend time with my patients, go through the journey with my patients. I spent a lot of times in nursing homes, having grandparents that went through Alzheimer's and that. So I spent a lot of time there looking at that part of rehab, which was intensive, not only physical, but the mental part of that too. So that, those are the kind of the things that got me going on what this field was about. But you fast forward and I went to college at the University of Chapel Hill and majored in a sports medicine there and further my education at East Carolina University and got a, what was then a master's program there that is now transformed into a doctorate program, which is pretty much everywhere in the field now. And after I graduated there, I went to a, into a private practice. And so that private practice taught me a lot of different things. It taught me how to be involved in the community, what patient needs were, how to go out and pound the pavement and how to, again, interact with different orthopedic issues that people had, not just spine care. And so I got a plethora of knowledge doing the the orthopedics in the private practice side, but I also learned some of the business sense and what it takes to be in a private practice too. Fast forward a year and a half later, I get a call from Dr. Jerry Petty, who is a longtime um, surgeon, uh, closing in on 60 years of practice here in one of the Mount Rushmore's of this old Mount Rushmore. And he called me and said, You know, we're taught of neurosurgery right down the street, and uh, it's gonna grow, and it's gonna grow for years. And as many patients as we send you would be a lot better if you were down the hall versus down the street. And so I met with a group of guys here, and I went over exactly what I thought a physical therapy practice looked like, my thoughts on patient care, my outcome abilities, how to grow a practice, business models, niches that I thought were going to be there, one of those being golf, which we're going to talk about. And then I started digging in my heels and working on the architecture with our architects here, working on the computer side, the next-gen side, and organizing that for physical therapy. So basically, uh, Mary Kleiniger and the doctors here said, we want to start a physical therapy practice. We know a little bit about it to be dangerous, but we don't know much about it, but we want you to have it. So I was an excited but a little bit scared 27-year-old physical therapist who was handed this golden ticket. We ran from there, and I'm still digging and trying to grow this place. That's the the cliff notes, if you will, of where this physical therapy clinic practice is here at Carolina Nurse Surgery, 15 years deep. And we'll
1: talk about the golf program here, but you've been instrumental in that. What was kind of, or what's your interest or background in golf? Do you enjoy playing quite a bit? Do you have some experience with that from a personal side?
2: So yes, you know, I think as we all kind of move from our twenties and thirties and say, you know what, I probably, uh, shouldn't be playing three days of basketball a week or being the weekend warrior playing football, especially if you uh if you uh, have a wife and kids and you're scared of coming home hurt. So I said, well, this whole, like you said earlier, this area is booming with golfers and private and public clinics and access. And that just kind of started piquing my interest in my mid thirties. And I started playing a lot more. You kind of dabble a little bit in college, but that's just more of a kind of a side thing. You just play every now and again in between classes or something like that. But because everything is so easy around here, I started playing a lot more and it You know, piqued my interest. Furthermore, I ran into, and I can fast forward a story here. I ran into a gentleman who came to see me named Thomas Parker. Thomas Parker is the agent, if you will, for a lot of professional golfers. And him and I actually met on the basketball court and he is a wake forest grad. And so he has a lot of wake forest, professional golfers he sees amongst others. So he came in here and saw what I did with physical therapy. And then he kind of gave me an idea I said, look, I have a lot of guys that need this kind of specific golf treatment and there's not really body around here. That's doing this. There are places in Florida where there's a golf mecca, there are places in California, but there's not really this niche in Charlotte and you have places like quail and Charlotte and Myers park and all these places that have these good golfers. And some of the professional golfers are moving here simply because of the hub that is the airport here. So a lot of family guys were moving here and so they could easily travel with the golf on the PGA tour. So he came in and he brought me a handful of guys, you know, ranging from Webb Simpson to some other guys that once Webb got in here and he got a couple of friends to come in here. And then that, kind of spread like wildfire. So we get some web.com guys. Those are web.com is the basically the tour right below the PGA Tour. Saw a lot of those guys. Ended up seeing a couple of LPGA or even some of the Symmetra Tour, again, which is the ladies' version of the web.com. And then now, again, on a regular basis, we do see, I've seen the Russell Henleys, the Charles Warrens, the Harold Varners, the Webb Simpsons. And those guys come in here on regular to go through our golf program. That's fantastic. So we have what's called a
1: TPI certified program. If you go to our website, we have a specific website for this www.golfrehabandfitness.com. And we'll put that link in the show notes. Uh, You'll see that we're TPI certified. So explain to another doc or even patient who's looking at that. What does that exactly mean?
2: I will rewind a little bit. So we you know, we talk about the professional golfers we see, but mainly what you alluded to earlier is that we see a lot of John Does and Jane Doe's that come in here that are nine to five computer workers or other jobs where they're on their or feed or things like that, but they also play golf. And that's one of those things that they really want to do. And there was no real way to just, we didn't want to just do regular spine care with these people. We wanted to add that niche. And that niche was say, all right, let's take therapeutic exercise. Let's take dynamic exercise. Let's take our normal back exercise progressions and throw a twist in there. And let's get some of the golf specific routines for people. So I started building those golf specific routines and those based or based on physical deficits for people, physical limitations. What do those look like? And I built my exercise routine based on things that I knew, like, you know, if you were coming over the top or you were early extending, these are terms that people use that are golf hindrances in the golf, like a golf pro would know these terms. And again, they go furthermore with, I said early extension, but winging or C postures or S postures. These are all kind of common terms that golf pros use that are, Again, limitations in the golf swing. So there's, but they credit to the golf pros because they know these things. But what they needed was somebody like myself, as far as an anatomical professional, to go through and diagnose why physically people have these deficits in their swing. And then you fast forward years later and they beat me to the punch. But TPI is a Titleist Performance Institute, and it's this big institute probably as big as something like a Google or Amazon out in California. And they took this group of board members ranging from therapists to chiropractors, to golf pros, to data analysis, to biomechanists. And they came up with this elite program where they were going to train people like myself to become Titleist Performance Institute certified. And what that does is help diagnose these golf pro limitations that they give out to their clients. And bridge that gap, if you will, between golf pro, client slash patient, and then medical professional. So it's a genius idea.
1: Sounds like they beat you to it. If you had done that first, you'd have a lot more time to playing golf.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's exactly right. So I had my sheets and sheets of exercises and things that I was doing, but they, they got it faster. But I'm glad they did because they got it to the masses. And people like myself and even some of the other therapists here and even... Physiatrist John Lester in this practice has gone on to to be TPI certified. So now you can kind of look online, look at a search, and TPI will be one of the first things that pop up, and they look and see if you're certified, which is a really elite certification to get with the title performance and the fitness that you need. That is a great certification habit. It helps bridge that gap, like I said. It helps get people involved when they look on the website. But quite frankly, nowadays there are YouTubes and there are apps And there are all sorts of things, but I'm, again, I'm kind of showing my age here, but where I got most of my learning and most of my referrals was going out to these clubs, introducing myself, doing free clinics, roaming the ranges, getting to know the golf pros, having them trust me with their clients. And that was the, and still is the best way that I, that I learned. And that's the biggest thing that honestly that I have learned from TPI outside of the general information on exercises they recommended, diagnostics, and the physical screening that we take people through. With this, they give you a ten and twelve part screen to take people through and learn that with ranking scales and whether you pass, fail some of these. But what I really learned again, dating back to when I even told you I was in private practice, is to pound the pavement. And so I would blindly call these guys or get in with one of the docs here to let me introduce to the golf pros. And so I'm learning from the Mecca of golf pros around here, which is these guys come from sea Island. If you haven't heard of that, that's really the, the place where these golf pros around here and in the country go and get trained. And so if you take, you know, the analogy of the bill Belichick and all the, the coaches that have been under bill Belichick's wing and gone on to be NFL coaches, this is kind of what sea Island does. And they spread these golf pros around the country. And they're at Quail's, and they're at Charlotte's, and they're at Sea Pines, and they're all over. And if you can get information from them, it's, it's gold. And over the years, we've built relationships seeing those referrals from them and me sending them patients as well. And it's been a really good to build our program. Okay, so two questions then.
1: Who is the golf rehab program for? So describe kind of a, a typical patient or scenario. And then secondly, kind of walk someone through it. Let's say they're coming to see you, their back's hurting, but they want to play within a week or two. What can someone expect when they come into the office? How would a kind of a golf rehab evaluation differ from a traditional PT consult?
2: So the good news is, you know, any golfer can come in here and get into our golf program. The better news is that you can put anybody in the golf specific program and they'll have better back outcomes because we're combining some of those safe rotary movements that are combined in your activities of daily living, whether you're a or not. So I can put, I can do the golf program on just about anybody. I and mean, we do it on NASCAR drivers because they turn left for a living, but they also have rotary and physical deficits. I do it on 15-year-olds that are going to get scholarships to Stanford to play golf. And I do it on 90-year-olds that are playing from the senior tees and just want to shoot their age. So anybody can be a part of this program, and that's the beautiful thing about it. And furthermore, we take normal, regular therapeutic exercise, and again, we put that twist on it. So now we do multi-planar movements, and we do this 10-part screen, which I'll talk about in a minute. And we do multifunctional t box exercises, pre-round warm-ups, we can plug this data, the screen into the TPI website, and it spits out individual programs via video that people can have access to permanently. So it's really neat on the things we do. we also look at the swing. We don't dive into that too much. I'll leave that to the golf pros. But if they tell me a specific deficit, I can look at their swing and, and kind of say, all right, well, you know, the shoulder may be a problem or this mid back may be a problem or you're you know, hamstrings may be tight because of this. And the golfers really like that because it's now tangible. It gets them more out of a lesson. So a lesson is if you're ever taking a golf lesson, They look at a few things and give you, let's say drills to work on. But if you look at that anatomically to fix some of those deficits that the golf pro defines for you, you just seem to get more out of it because sometimes the golf pros get cold feet. They'll call me and say, Hey, Look, I got a guy who's got, who's 73 years old, he has got back pain. I need him to rotate more and I'm afraid because I just worry about his back. He doesn't, hasn't seen anybody. And so we're kind of at this kind of crossroads that we're at a plateau here on our golf lessons. And I don't want him to keep coming if I can't get him to do what I want. Can you take him for two or three weeks and work on safe rotation? So John Doe comes in here and I take him through our 10 parts screen, which is varies in the range of toe touch to an overhead squat to a lat mobility test to a glute test to a shoulder range of motion test to a cervical spine test to a, a wrist test to a foot and ankle test to a balance test. And you combine all these, this data in a pass-fail sequence and you define what these offers can pass or, pass or fail. And then you start digging in from there. What are the exercises that I want to do if you pass or fail a squat or you pass or fail a glute strengthening test? And I can give you five or six exercises that I think you need to strengthen those glutes. I see you for three or four weeks as the golf pro wanted me to. I send you back. You now rotate and have more confidence in your swing. Your back pain's better. You can rotate more and everybody's happy. So it's really neat to see this stuff in action.
1: To clarify you are working with patients, clients to look at what we call biomechanical, maybe imbalances that could adversely affect a swing, but you are not working with people to improve their swing and improve their golf score.
2: That's exactly right. Although a lot of my patients come in and that's the first thing they want me to do. <laughs> so, they, so they ask me, what, you know, what am I going to do to lower their score or I don't dive into that. And that's kind of the separation we have between us and golf pros. We do never want to interfere with that, just like we never want them to interfere with, you know, basically exercise prescription or anatomical or pathological diagnosis. You know, they stay in their lane and we kind of stay in our lane, but we do do some crossover. But yes, our bread and butter is the biomechanical swing. And what anatomically can we fix to improve that swing without changing any sort of the The technical part of the swing we're not trained in that
1: and this could almost be a a good form of preventative medicine if you're a primary care doctor listening to the podcast today and you have patients coming in for an annual physical and, and you're asking about their activity levels and they mention that they're into golf it sounds like a referral to the golf rehab program could be a great way for
2: patients to prevent injury would you agree with that that's exactly right i mean that's why most people say well and they're on the cusp of retirement. You know, what are you going to do in retirement? Well, I'm going to play a lot of golf. Well, when's the last time you played? Well, I haven't played in a long time. I've got kids. I had a job. And now I've got buddies that are traveling or I want to, you know, I've joined a club or I just want to play in a, in a league. And I want to make sure that my, I'm able to do this three or four times a week. I mean, we get, we get those kind of requests. But we also get a ton of post-op requests what is the data out there for post-op? That's the real, that's the big kind of money question there is when, what can I do with somebody with a post-op microdissectomy, laminectomy or a post-op fusion in their neck or back? And how do we get these people back on the golf course? You know, there really once upon a time was not that much data out there. It wasn't definitive. It was kind of ballpark. Maybe do this at three months and maybe try this at four months and then maybe we clear Six months. It all just depends on what you know, how the patient feels, and what what a scan say. Some of that stuff has gotten more defined, which is good. But it does, you know, we're still kind of in that gray area. Again, I can kind of compare it to concussions a little bit. Concussions, we think we know a lot, but there's still a lot we need to know. Well, I can say the same thing with return to golf after injury or return to golf after a post op spine surgery. You know, you look at professionals like Tiger Woods, right? Well, Tiger Woods had multiple microdiscectomy, and now the guy ended up getting a fusion. Did he go back too soon after these microdiscectomies, You know, the Monday morning quarterback could probably say, yeah. What we thought was normal, maybe the two or three months, maybe not normal for a professional golfer who bangs a thousand balls a day. Somebody with a fusion, can they go back in six months, nine months? Well, it was generally more of those old... T-lifts that we did, that was, you know, that's more like eight or nine months. But now that we do these T-lifts, that's getting, it's less muscle to retract and less time to heal, then they can go back a little bit sooner. So there's still some preliminary data that doesn't necessarily, it's getting better, but it doesn't necessarily define, you know, week by week and month by month what you should be doing. So we try to define that for our, our patients as best we can. So we do swing progressions, meaning like at a couple of weeks, you chip putt and then maybe you grab your irons and then maybe you start to hit balls in the backyard hitting blades of grass no divots and then maybe you play nine or maybe you go to the range and so we define those specifically for people for swing progression so that's that's about as close as I get to the golf swing and lowering scores that we really try to week by week and even day by day with some people tell them what they can do in the swing to get back from a progression point of view.
1: So biomechanically, what is it about golf that puts the
2: spine under stress? Well, as much as we want to try to, you know, we always talk about neutral spine and what is neutral spine. We try to get patients in as best neutral spine as you possibly can in a golf swing. But no matter how you look at it, you are in a forward position with a little bit of stress on your back because you're not in that neutral spine. One of the biggest things we tell people is the perfect storm for back pain is bending, lifting, twisting. Right Well, a little bit in that golf swing, you are bending a little bit, you're hinging at your hips. you're not necessarily lifting, you're lifting club, but you're also can swing at speeds of you know, let's say sixty seventy to these golf pros swinging over a hundred miles an hour, and you do have some inertia when you hit the golf ball, right, and you even have some inertia if you take a a proper divot so technically, golf can combine those bending, lifting, twisting. we just got to make sure we control that and 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 work on those movements that are natural in the golf swing as best we can. It's the same thing we would do in somebody who returned to tennis or returned to any other sport. We just have to build the muscles within that movement and hope that their, their swing and their anatomical fixes allow them to play with less stress as we can. The disc, as you know, is made up of that water jelly donut material and as we age that jelly donut turns more into a hardened crab meat well you don't disperse forces as best as you did you know as you did in 30s and 40s so those are the people that generally come in we start starting to get a little bit of that evidence that have some arthritic change and they're swinging and by a whole seven eight they start to get stiff well what are those people what can they do to Get themselves through a whole round. And that's where I go back to some of these pre round and tee box exercises that we define for people. In terms of exercise,
1: what do you recommend as complementary? So someone who plays a lot of golf, but also wants to just stay generally active, are there some good general fitness exercises that can complement their golf-specific training?
2: Absolutely. So, you know, in general, posture, flexibility, core strengthening, balance, coordination. I mean, those are the things that are required to to play golf. And then you can kind of peel it into layers here. You know, is it a 15-year-old female versus a 15-year-old male? Is it somebody who's starting to play golf versus somebody who's been playing for years? Is it somebody with an underlying condition like arthritis or stenosis versus somebody who has a normal looking back and we want to prevent things? So, yeah. We have to define what those exercises are, but we, we really want to get a detailed flexibility program generally for my men, and we want to get a good core strengthening glue program generally for my women. And that's just kind of the anatomical makeup. Most of men's problems on the golf course are back pain and sometimes that golfer's elbow, tennis elbow pain. But most of my women that come in here that have golf let's say calm golf injuries or chronic problems are generally peripheral issues because that generally can be a weak spot in some of my women so wrist injuries elbow feet knees I see this see more of those in my women than my men so I'm generally stretching my men and, and core strengthening my women as you
1: mentioned earlier kind of a 10-point screen do you want to dive into that a little bit
2: yeah so You know, for example, I would do, let's take just one or two and dive into it. Let's say somebody who has a C posture and you can imagine a C posture at setup. C posture means you have a rounded C looking back, right? These are guys that have a little bit of extra weight up front or they sit at a computer or they have a tight thoracic spine or they have tight anterior chain muscles or they're just, again, lower quarters tight, et cetera. So They kind of set up in this rounded posture. Well, if you have that, then your chances of doing other things like not getting full rotation or blocking your downswing or coming over the top are greater. And plus, you put more stress on the spine if you're not in that normal lordotic posture, as we call it. So it just sets you up for escape routes. And those escape routes generally will come with other injuries somewhere else, plus putting stress on the spine. So again, what do we do with that C posture? Well, we work on proper, we know we work on foam rollers or we work on what neutral spine is for that person. We work on pelvic, neutral pelvic tilt testing. We work on core strengthening. We try to get maybe some weight reduction if we need to. And we show them videos either by their golf pro what that C posture looks like. And so we start diving in from there. That's just a simple test. The other thing is an overhead deep squat. Overhead deep squat is a great test because it's multiplanar. So we look at, you know, a squat. What does a squat look like? A squat can be different for a lot of people. You stick your butt out. Do you stick your butt in? Do you put your weight on your heels? Do you put your weight on your toes? And we have professional athletes that come in here that have trouble with a deep squat, and that should be one of the first things an athlete can do is get their butt below their knees and be comfortable there with a neutral spine. But it's surprising what you see in these. So we'll pick up deficits. Whether, again, it's, you know, if you put your arms over your head in that particular movement, whether it's a, a lat tightness or a shoulder pain or a mid-back thoracic spine that won't let them stay in neutral spine or the hip hips won't let you go all the way down. We have a arthritic hip or a tight hip somewhere. The knees won't let you go down. You have ankle mobility issues. You can't dorsiflex. You have tight calves or you just don't have the coordination to do these multiplanar movements. And so that's one of my favorites to do because there's so much, so many exercises that I can give people and a ton of recipes that we can work just on that movement. And so there's a lot of guys that come in here that are just starting off playing golf or they're on like that web.com that I talk about that are, don't have trainers or access to people like myself and they're traveling in hotel rooms because they're grinding, trying to make the tour. So we have to do a lot of these movements and exercise prescription for these guys in hotel rooms. And so we give them a lot of these things to do. They're not only screens, but they can be exercise prescriptions to try to fix these movements. So they're assessments that we give people, but they're also exercise fixes to fix that deep squat. These movements that we do are now being performed at things like you know, behind the scenes at NFL combines and professional sporting events that, you know, if Cam Newton walks in the room and say, Cam, you know, before you sign this big contract, can you touch your toes? Can you turn left? Can you turn right? Can you overhead deep squat? What does neutral spine look like for you? What is your shoulder range of motion? And so these are behind the scene things they do at combines now. So it's garnering a lot of steam. These multi selective kind of functional movement assessment, TPI assessments are given to to anybody, but they're given to athletes as well for any rotary sport.
1: I think it just speaks to the injury risk or injury prevention idea here. Just demonstrate you can have normal free flowing range of motion through some of these dynamic movements. I think this is a really good service for people who are listening or who are into golf or thinking about it. It sounds like a great way to, you know, it's almost like if you're looking to buy a car, Say a used car, you want to take it to your mechanic, check it out before you buy it. Thing here, looking under the hood from a mechanistic perspective, working with an expert, um, and getting a very nice exercise prescription, and kind of off with it. probably more enjoyable free season and potentially, you know, better success on the golf course. Well, that's
2: the point. So a lot of people that work for you is screen to screen screened in some. Physical exercise and maybe define what these limitations are before you start going out for the season or before you get this golf lesson. Because more than likely, you'll get a lot more out of your golf lesson and you'll feel better about playing because you've already taken that physical step. And we may, you know, not only just the golf program, but we may say that for people that are just wanting to get into yoga or Pilates, why don't you try these movements? Make sure you can do them so you can participate more, feel better about it, and you prevent injury.
1: Graham, are there good resources on YouTube or even textbooks that you would recommend for other physical therapists who are listening or other practitioners or lay public just to learn a little bit more about maybe some of these TPI assessment tools or more on the biomechanics or the basic science of, of the golf swing?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, outside of the, the the TPI and certainly the Selective Functional Movement Assessment, which TPI is one of the founders of that selective functional movement assessment. And then now what that's professional sports and TBI has taken that movement assessment and kind of tweaked it to make it more sports specific. So any of Gray Cook stuff is very good. And any of the Sea Island golf pro guys that are trainers down there, Randy Myers, some of the golf fit pro apps are very good to go see. Some of the books that I read about golf injuries are very good. I'm a gadget guy too. I love the gadgets that come out. So we have a lot of gadgets here that I think are are very good to kind of use when you warm up, whether it's an elbow trainer to keep your elbow in proper place or the orange whip that's more of a speed, it's kind of an orange ball, weighted ball on the end of a long pole that people swing to warm up. Or we have these smash bags where we kind of hit and say, hey, I know you're a little bit nervous about taking a divot when you get back out there. I got this bean bag that's fun to use for people. We have clubs that are weighted so you can feel the weight evenly when you take a club back and down to the ground to see whether that distribution of the weight of the club should be. We have clubs that break midway through a swing. So if you don't maintain that good tempo, momentum, and neutral angle and swing plane, then it'll break. And so these are there's gadgets everywhere. And all my golfers generally have no less than 15 gadgets because they think it all Helps their score, but I'm a gadget guy too, and I think all that stuff helps. Fantastic! I think, like, really a job
1: here breaking down a little bit of the science behind the need for a golf rehabilitation program, and certainly some of the details surrounding ours. So, I really appreciate that. Uh, as As we wrap up the episode, I want to be respectful of your time. Obviously, you've got a wealth of knowledge about health and fitness. Would be curious to know, and if you could share with the listeners maybe some insights about your own personal health routines and some of the favorite tools you use to promote
2: wellness in your life. I'll be realistic. I was a three or four time a week basketball player and I was playing with guys in their twenties, thirties, and forties until a couple of things happened. And I think basketball was one of the better things just because it's it's fellowship, it's high interval intensity training, it's skillful, and there's nothing that really could mimic basketball. But as we know, as we get older, basketball, Basketball injuries are very real. I'm more scared of what my wife would do to me if I got hurt going home playing basketball, actual injury. I now do a lot of stuff where I'm doing still high interval stuff, whether it's, I may play one day a week of basketball, but where I'm pushing and then you really have to get creative, right? So what are you doing at home to try to mimic some of those speed things that you used to do and getting the cardiovascular, uh, you know, I Certainly a proponent of non-impact exercise, but let's be honest, some of that loses its flavor every now and again, and you need something else to kind of get your mind going. So I'm I'm always in the in the yard playing basketball with my boys, or plugging into soccer and doing those dad things that can still kind of get you in shape. And then you're always looking at your the things that you need to eat properly and to keep yourself from from injury or at least injury recovery. And we try to do a good job of uh, of doing that. But again, you know where we are in the world today, things getting a little bit a little bit tougher and you have to get a little bit more creative on what you're doing as far as cardiovascular and, and being conscious of what you're putting in your mouth. But it's certainly a proponent to, to our patients who ask about anti-inflammatories and natural ways of doing it and safe and proper diets and how to, you know, what's the best for men and best for women. So we do get those questions. So not only do you want to preach it, you want to live it as well.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, like you actually played basketball for about 20 years and then my low back just kind of quit on it. And now I'm relegated to trying to dominate my 14-year-old and 10-year-old in the driveway. And frankly, I'm having more fun now than I did when I played growing up. The one thing about sports that you can't duplicate in the gym is the competitiveness of it. So for some people who really like the competition and challenge, as you get older, letting go of some of that can be difficult. Some of the things that I do personally to keep myself physically fit without harm is I've really gotten into, purchased a really high quality fitness trampoline. So I can do a a tremendous amount of high impact aerobics on that and it doesn't hurt my joints at all. Certainly I, I use the elliptical machine. I have one of those and then I'll still occasionally run a little bit, but the joints will talk to me when I do that as well. I think at the end of the day, it's just about, it's really not about, I've said this before, it's not about really what you do. It's just being consistent with it and I like your idea of kind of integrating that into your life. I mean, it's staying active with your kids is is activity, it's movement, and it's going to promote certainly bonding with your family as well as uh, keeping you healthy. So keep up the good work. And I want to thank you very much for your time today and sharing a tremendous amount of information regarding the golf rehabilitation program. And again, if you're interested in learning more, go to www.golfrehabandfitness.com. We'd certainly love to see you in the office and, and get yourself checked out, prevent injury and enjoy a sport that y'all love. So, Graham, thank you for your time today.
2: Thank you very much. I really appreciate the invite. I appreciate the referrals and the confidence that you always send our, our department. And uh, I know that this is an important subject. And just like you said at the beginning of this, we are in, in a growing golf mecca here. So it's an important service that we can offer to, to pretty much anybody. So I really appreciate the time. All right. You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Back Talk Doc, brought to you by Carolina Neurosurgery and Spine Associates, with offices in North and South Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Dr. Lockia and treatment options for back issues, go to backtalkdoc.com. We look forward to having you join us for more insights about back pain and spine health on the next episode of Back Talk Doc. Additional information is also available at carolinaneurosurgery.com.